Blog Talk Radio. Right. Why not now? Why not here in beautiful New Braunfels, Texas, Republic thereof? My name is Jason Dias, and I am Generation X. And my name is Caitlin Anderson, and I am Generation Next. And together we bring you the only online radio show about all the latest and greatest Christ-centered things happening right here in New Braunfels, Texas. And this week we are talking about children of God. We are all called to be children of God in our journey through life. You might even call it the circle of life, and whenever I think about that circle of life, the circle of life, I think about the Lion King. Caitlin, do you remember when you <laughs> saw the Lion? Do you remember when you saw the Lion King for the first time? Uh, I don't remember seeing it for the first time, but I do remember <laughs> it seeing it um, off Broadway in Austin with my grandparents. Yeah, it was yeah. awesome. Mm, it was it was it was so good that there was a movie, a Disney movie, and a, a Broadway play talking about the circle of life. And today on the show, we've got great guests. We've got folks from the new um, Animal World and Snake Farm. Speaking of circle of life, great, great animals out at the Snake Farm and Zoo. And then we're going to talk to Hope Hospice about those end-of-life issues that happen in our journey through life. But before we get to our first guest, Caitlin, i got to ask you, because I saw so many pictures this weekend with young folks out at the prom. Tell us about your big prom. It was awesome. It was my second time going to prom. I went last year, too, but it was really awesome and beautiful, and I had a great time with all my friends. Well. Uh, when we get back from the break, uh, we're going to talk to Eric Traeger. Uh, he is the owner of the New Braunfels Animal World and Snake Farm, a great new family out at Cross Lutheran Church and School. Um, they are doing their best to uh, you know, kind of change the definition of what it means to go down to what used to be considered the snake farm. They've got great new animals. They, they've got great new exhibits. They've got great new educational programs. And we're going to talk to Eric right after this. Listen live or listen later. This is One City Under God. Gonna wrap my arms around my daddy's neck and tell him that I've missed him. Caitlin's amazed because I always talk too much in the intro. That might be the fastest intro we've ever had, but we want to get to our, our guest right away. Uh, joining us from Animal, Animal World and Snake Farm, his name is Eric Traeger. Hey, Eric, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. How are you guys today? Uh, we're so glad to have you on the show. We're so, so good. Um, I was I was uh, talking in the pre-show about how 
bad I felt last week on the show. I, I kept trying to say your name uh, the right way, and I kept calling it the snake farm. I know you guys are moving away from just being thought of as the snake farm. You've got the zoo. You've got educational programs. Um, uh, I want to ask you first, tell us about all the great and exciting things that are happening out at the zoo. Well, you know, Jason, the snake farm will, will always be the snake farm. One of the things that we've uh, decided we're going to do is we'll always keep that name on the existing reptile house. It's just the snake farm was just that. It was the old snake farm. And we felt that New Braunfels was the perfect place to have its own zoo. So we came in, and we've been tearing down the old exhibits and rebuilding new exhibits and bringing in all sorts of zoo animals. Uh, We got the current establishment accredited as a zoo, and now it is Animal World and Snake Farm Zoo, and it's growing more and more every day. Well, that is really awesome. I have not been out to the snake farm in a long time, but now that it is the Animal World World and Zoo um, and Snake Farm Zoo, I will have to get out there. So tell me what I should expect. You know, at the new Animal World and Snake Farm Zoo, we have zebras and camels and the only white lions in Texas. Hmm. Uh, We have mountain lions. We have lemurs and monkeys. We have crocodiles and alligators. We have an exotic petting zoo. We have jaguars. We have uh, just about everything you can think of. We haven't added the big animals yet. We will, but we haven't added the, you know, the giraffes or the rhinos uh, those are on the master plan. And one of the biggest change. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. You go ahead. Go ahead. Well, one of the biggest uh, things that we've added recently is we are doing educational shows throughout the day. And what that means is, if you go on our on our website, uh, which you can type in exoticanimalworld.com, the website will bring you up to a show schedule. And on that show schedule, we will either talk about white lions or we'll talk about primates of the world, or we'll talk about the baby animals that have been born at the zoo. And it's an opportunity for our guests and our zookeepers to have an up-close and personal experience and learn about the animals, learn about conservation, and uh, we can teach everyone as to the direction that the zoo is going. I'll tell you what, Eric. um, uh, As as a person that's lived in New Braunfels for a long time, um, I I love what you guys were doing. Uh, You guys have come in... And as a new family at Cross Lutheran Church and School, you brought some animals on campus. The kids absolutely loved it. Um, I, I think it's great. I think people just absolutely love seeing animals. I mean, it, we we uh, uh, I was talking to uh, one of my uh, somebody that Caitlin knows, um, uh, graduates of the 2015 high school year, and I was telling him that the biggest change I've seen in my lifetime is the way we treat pets and the way we treat animals as Americans, and I think what you guys are doing is introducing these exotic animals to a population, and that way you don't have to drive down to San Antonio. You don't have to drive all the way into the city. You can come out to the exotic animal farm and see these cool species up close, and if you want an educational experience at your school, you're willing to drive out and uh, bring the animals to to the students I'm so excited about what you guys are doing, and it sounds like you're really trying to change the definition 
uh, from the old snake farm to something very, very different. Tell us about that. You know, Jason, I, I appreciate that. I come from a background of rescuing animals. Um, I've, I've done it ever since I graduated school. And one of the things that I ran into a lot is there was a never-ending supply of animals that need to be rescued. And it, it's actually, you know, it's a problem. And when the old snake farm was for sale, we looked at it as an opportunity to purchase it and turn it into a zoo where we could educate children and adults alike and be able to reach them at, a, at an earlier stage of their lives to where maybe we can have an impact so that our rescues would be lessened. We wouldn't have to, you know, if we could, if we could get somebody to appreciate and understand nature and understand what animals are pets and what animals are not pets, then I felt like later on down the road it would affect, uh, there would be less animals that needed to be rescued. And so that's really where it started. And as the journey uh, has taken us, it's just allowed us to love New Braunfels. Um, when we originally bought the old snake farm, uh, we lived in Dallas. And I've just come to love the city, so we moved our family here last August and uh, really dove into this project where we just want to build a, a full-blown zoo and get really involved with the community. Well, Eric, if folks want to find out whether they think about it, like like myself and Caitlin do, people that have been here for a long time, um, uh, think of it as the snake farm, whether they think about it as the new zoo, whether they find out about it for the first time on a field trip um, or by having animals visit on campus. If, if folks want to find out more about what you guys are all about, what's the best thing for them to do? So there's there's two two ways that we right now advertise our show schedules. One is on Facebook. And it's Animal World and Snake Farm on Facebook. Uh, the other way is our website, which is exoticanimalworld.com. If you just type in Snake Farm in a search engine, it'll bring up our website. Um, if you want to type in exoticanimalworld.com, that'll bring it up as well. Um, on both of those sites, it'll give a, it'll give what what is going on right now and what's coming up over the weekend and what we're going to be doing this summer during our season. Uh, we are open 363 days out of the year. And we're open from 10 in the morning uh, till 6 o'clock in the evening. During summer, we're open till 7. I'll tell you what. Um, um, I'm looking forward to seeing all the great things that you're doing. Um, I, I know uh, based upon what you what I heard about you all um, at the Cross Lutheran Gala that you were making some big and exciting changes to a brand that lots of people had known about. I would love to have you guys come back on the show and do a full segment on different species and different animals that people can get to know when they come out there. Uh, in the interim, in the interim that between now and then, uh, Eric, I wanted to thank you so much for some, taking some time out of your day uh, to kind of get us reacquainted with the old snake farm and the new animal world and a snake farm, the exotic animal world that you guys are building out there and thank you so so very much for joining us well now thank you for having me on the show i would love to come back on and anytime i can help out i'd, I'd love to be there i would love to have you too eric hey when we get back from the break we are going to talk about the name of the show today children of god circle of life. We are all called to be 
children of God in our journey through life. That circle of life, if it makes you think about animals and a zoo and the snake farm and exotic animals, you can do that here in New Braunfels. You can go out there and see this beautiful um, place. I, I've, I've not been out there in a while, uh, but I'm looking forward to seeing all the great things that Eric and Kelly are doing. Um, but we're going to change gears after the break and talk about children of God. Uh, we are we. This is a pre-recorded interview with Opal Umpierre um, and uh, uh, Hope Hospice, talking about end of life issues. Uh, I've always wanted to have Hope Hospice on the show. Um, I think of it as a, 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 a mission and a ministry more than a medical practice. When we get back from the break, um, you're going to hear us talking to them. It is a pre-recorded interview. Um, it has only been edited for brevity. And we're going to do that as soon as I find the right button. And I know Caitlin is is laughing because I thought I had this set up before the show. Here it is. I got it, I got it right here. We'll do it all right after this. Whoa! This is Pastor Don Fraker of Cross Lutheran Church and School, and you're listening to One City. Under God. Hello, my name is Regret. I'm pretty sure we have met every single day of your life. That is absolutely right. Representing Hope Hospice and this year's unsung hero. Her name, her name is Opal Umpier. Hey, Opal, how are you? Just fine, Jason. Thank you it for having us. It is so nice to have you. there became interest in the community to start a hospice. Uh, there were a number of people who volunteered to be on the steering committee. One of the people who said that, that they would chair that committee was Bobby Carmichael. And so they, the steering committee met for the first time, and at that meeting they said, we really need to have a nurse on this committee. And so Bobby called McKenna Hospital and talked to the director of nurses who was there at that time. And I had, I think I'd been at, at McKenna probably a couple of years. Uh, I had a real interest in helping folks who were facing chronic illness. I had helped to start a cancer support group in town and a number of other groups. And so the director of nurses came to me and said uh, they – a group of people in town who want to start a hospice, and I want to know if you are interested in doing that. And I tell folks that a little part of my heart jumped. I really <laughs> didn't know a great deal about a hospice, but it sounded like something that I would be very interested in. And I told her yes. Um, I had served on a number of committees in my nursing career, but I had never really been on a committee, I don't think, from from the ground up. And so uh, the steering committee began meeting uh, once a week, and I think we met for about eight or nine months. I always tell folks that during that time I cried the entire time. Right? <laughs> we, <Yeah>. we had a <laughs> wonderful group of folks. There were probably about 12 of us, okay, who were really committed to getting the hospice started. Uh, we had no money. We really didn't know very much about how to start a hospice and so um, we had we heard about a volunteer training session in San Antonio and 
we borrowed the St. Paul Lutheran van and went to San Antonio <laughs> and was trained by a wonderful lady by the name of Dr. Marion Promomo. Dr. Promomo has really been known for her work in hospice in San Antonio for many, many years. Um, but we were all volunteers, okay, in the very beginning. And uh, we just we had a vision. We just knew that folks should have a, a different kind of experience at the end of their life, that right. they needed to be as comfortable as possible physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And we knew that most folks would preferred that they be at home, that they be with people who love them in a very familiar environment. And that's really what we wanted to do. So that's actually how all of this began. And also joining us from Hope Hospice is the Executive Director, Nikki Saunders. Nikki, it has to be exciting to to hear about Hope Hospice attached to such a prestigious uh, award. Everyone here in New Braunfels looks at the paper and finds out who wins that award. Well, Jason, it is very exciting, and it's exciting for us to be recognized for the exemplary care that we've provided for families and patients in our community. Opal, I wanted to ask you as well, you mentioned this uh, when you were talking about how your career started with with Hope. Uh, you know, you talked about those end-of-life issues, and it was – it had to be – it was it was emotional, and you have to deal with the family, and there's so much empathy involved. Uh, you mentioned that spiritual aspect of the mission. Tell us a bit about that. Well, for me, I I don't think I could do hospice work if if I didn't have a very strong faith. Right. Um, this work is so very important, and there. Is a tremendous spiritual aspect uh, to it. Um, and so my own Christian faith has has helped me through uh, some really difficult times. I always enjoy the Easter season so much because I've, I've often said that I don't think I could be a hospice nurse if I didn't believe in the resurrection. You know, mm-hmm. if I really mm-hmm. didn't believe that... that um, life is going to be so much better, you know, when our earthly journey ends and we go to be with our Lord, how much better our our life would be. So uh, God has been extremely gracious to me during uh, during this journey. I I tell folks sometimes that um, God has handled my anger really well. There have been lots of times when, because I, I just, would be furious at the fact that, you know, an 11-year-old child died or a lady that was 31 years old and had three daughters, mm. you know, died. It's, you know, I would just go to God and say, you know, you've forgotten about all of these people. And That's I right. would be angry, and of course. But but the mercy, uh, I, I love the scripture that talks about mercies are new every morning, and they certainly have been to me. God has not rejected me just because I didn't understand and and will never understand, and that's okay, okay? I have to leave that in God's hands. But his love and mercy and grace has just been phenomenal through these years, and and I could not have made it, I don't think, without without my Christian faith. 
Well, it's a Christian radio show, and we celebrate the power that God and Jesus have in the lives of people. You talk, you know, we're talking about end of life issues, which is what hospice is most commonly associated with. And you know what you just said, um, Opal reminded me that it's not always older people that are going through hospice. There are people with chronic illness, and you guys have great programs for young people that have dealt with loss of a family member. And um, you've been such a tremendous part of our community. Now we're going to talk to her more right after this. You are listening to One City Under God with Jason Dyash and Caitlin Anderson. You are listening to One City Under God, and we've been fortunate enough to talk to um, Eric Traeger, um, the fun stuff, the zoo, and now we're talking about the serious stuff, uh, children of God. Our journey ends for all of us, uh, old or young, um, our journey ends, end of life kind of stuff. Caitlin, when you listen to that first part of that interview, the first thing that struck me uh, was what Opal said, that she could not do hospice work without that belief in the resurrection. I thought that was very powerful. I think that's really awesome. A, a friend and I were talking earlier about how um, we as Christians see the cross as our symbol of our faith, and maybe the tomb and the resurrection would be a better symbol of the Christian faith because really without the resurrection, um, there really is no hope, and there really is um, no reason for us to believe in Jesus Christ, and it does give us such great hope um, and I did think, Jason, I agree with you, it's very interesting that she said that the resurrection um, is important to her as a hospice worker. Um, and I think hospice care is really interesting as well because I'm very pro-life, and I'm pro-life at the beginning of life and also at the end of life as well. Um, I believe in the sanctity of life, and I believe that God is sovereign over the length um, and depth and everything of your life. Um, so it's really interesting listening to that first part of the interview. Well, I'll tell you, um, I, I think end-of-life issues, again, something we're all going to deal with. Um, in the second part of the interview, um, I asked the executive director about the new hospice options that are available uh, in New Braunfels and, and what the vision is going to be for Hope Hospice going forward. There are more and more hospice um, options here in New Braunfels. I, I wanted to ask you, as you know, you've been on the job about six months over at Hope Hospice, what is your vision for making Hope Hospice the preferred provider of hospice services here in New Braunfels? Well, I've you know personally lived in New Braunfels since 2006, and Hope Hospice was the one place I wanted to work at. And the reason when I first came here that I wanted to work here was because it was a nonprofit that, um, and I came from a nonprofit. Um, circumstances, you know, it's taken me from 2006 till 2014 to get here, but the purpose behind it, cause, because, I mean, with the vision is that we're able to support our employees the way we feel we need to support our employees. And so we don't have any corporation telling us that, you know, we can't right. have prayer requests at a meeting. You know, um, we have a chapel here. We're able to not only help our families, but help our employees emotionally, physically, and spiritually be equipped to go out into the community and serve our families in a way that fulfills our vision and our mission. Um, we have to stand out by our grief programs. 
our, we, you know, we do children's brief. We do a, uh, extended adult bereavement services. We have a separate building for that, and all of that is is something that is unfunded by any health insurance out there. So it's something that the community supports. Uh, the community right. essentially us with their donations and you know, the leadership from our board of directors, and you're able to be a part of something that is bigger than just your cookie-cutter hospice. But because of the competition, we are having to constantly look at ways to make sure that, you know what, if a family needs a volunteer to sit at the bedside, you know, we have over 250 volunteers to help wow. our patients um, at the end of life to ensure that no one dies alone, you know, um, if that's what the family wants. Um, we're able to look at every patient individually and be creative and think outside the box um, to make sure the needs are met of the families, uh, whether it be, you know, a baby on service to an elderly person. Um, the needs of those caregivers yeah. are different. I've often called it a ministry. I've often said the Hope Hospice uh, ministry. I don't think about it as a, a, a medical practice or or anything like that. Opal, you got the last question. If someone in New Braunfels is or in the surrounding areas is facing this emotional, physical, and spiritual transcendent moment, uh, a beloved mother or father or child or brother or sister, and they're trying to make sense of it. Um, why is Hope Hospice the absolute best option for them? Uh, I think there are many reasons, but I want to add a couple of things to what Nikki said. First of all, I'm, we're really grateful to have Nikki, okay? She's a real asset to our organization. Um, and something that you said about ministry, I think I think hospice has always been uh, a ministry. And anybody that you talk to who works in hospice will tell you that they feel like they're called, okay? There is a reason why God has put this desire on their heart to help folks at those times. I think there are many reasons why uh, someone should choose Hope Hospice. I, I think one of the main reasons is that we have been here for 31 years now, and uh, the community has supported us in so many, many ways. I, I think that the success of Hope Hospice is really because so many folks around have supported us. So uh, for a hospice, especially a community-based hospice, to be in existence for 31 years is is really unknown in most hospice circles. Second thing, I think, is that, as, as Nikki has said, the nonprofit hospice really does set us apart. We can do, we can provide so many different programs that other hospices are, are not able to do so because they have to answer to shareholders. And we look at the needs of the community. Our governing body, our board of directors are all volunteers, but they're people from the community. And they know what the needs of the community are, and they are the ones that guide us, okay, into making sure that we are meeting all the needs of the community. And then I think our staff in, in general has a great deal of expertise. Our our clinical team is just phenomenal. Um, medical directors, nurses, CNAs, social workers, volunteers, chaplains, and then our bereavement uh, support 
they really do have many years of experience and many years of of expertise. So I think there are many reasons why we hope that someone would choose Hope Hospice. We're we're not going away, okay? We're going to stay here. So many hospices have come, come and, and gone, and gone but, but we are here. We're very much gravy to this community. Well, and I, I think, like Opal said, the main thing is that we're here. If somebody wants, yeah. you know, we're right here in New Braunfels where we where we have been for this building, and people can walk in. They can meet. They can meet me. They can meet any of the staff members here. We treat everyone like family. Um, they have a say so in their care. So if they don't like something or they want something different, they just let us know, and we and we can change it. I love the fact that it sounds like your your mission and your vision and your commitment is that nobody dies alone. Nobody dies without, again, that emotional, that physical and spiritual care that is so necessary in the last moments of our life. It's just been an absolute pleasure getting reacquainted with you guys um, this week. Her name is Opal Umpier, um, the executive director. Her name is Nikki Saunders. I want to thank you guys so very much for joining us, and uh, I'm looking forward to seeing all the great things you guys do going forward here in New Braunfels. Thank you very, very much. Thank, Thank you, Jason. Jason. All right. Very, very nice. It's great. <laughs> and believe it or not, with 40 seconds left, Caitlin, we're going to have to talk about that interview um, next week on this show, those end-of-life issues, we're all going to face them, and uh, we can talk about how important it is. Uh, nobody dies alone. Uh, uh, one of the things that you didn't hear in that pre-recorded interview, um, because we recorded it last week, was something that Opal said to me, and that was, in the last moments of life, people who had never asked for it before often ask for prayer at the end of their life. And I think, you know, Caitlin, whether you find God in the present tense of your life as a as a as a person who goes to prom the way Caitlin did this past weekend, uh, she's been a child of God for a long long time. Or whether you find God in the last moments of your life, God's there for you, Caitlin. He's there for you whenever you need him. That is so true, and I'm so thankful that we have a wonderful organization like Hope Hospice right here in our beautiful community of New Braunfels to provide these services um, to families and individuals. My uh, my wife worked there for a couple years uh, back in the late 2000s. Before she did, I did not know a lot about what even hospice was. I didn't even know what that meant. I I, I actually thought of hospice as uh, a medical Thing, not an not an end of life or a ministry or a spiritual thing. Hey, Caitlin, why don't you get us on out of here? And uh, I want to thank Eric Traeger um, uh, for joining us today. I want to thank Opal and Pierre, Nikki Saunders from Hope Hospice for joining us. And um, uh, days like today, I wish we had a one-hour show, but we don't. We have a 30-minute show, and we're already into two minutes of bonus time. So, Caitlin, why don't you get us on out of here? Alrighty, thank you everyone so much for listening from Jason Dice and I. Make sure to like us on Facebook and subscribe to us on iTunes. Until next week, stay strong in the Lord. Good night. One city. 